Before we get going into your Hockey IQ podcast episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Rapid Shot. Rapid Shot is the smart shooting lane. Uh, it's like a batting cage for hockey players. Very cool. Tracks your shot in three ways. Accuracy, shot speed, and reaction time. Uh, easy to use. Uh, actually, I used it when I played and was growing up. Very easy. Simply scan your phone in, select your settings, and start shooting. Uh, you can see your stats on the app and online. And you can check them out at rapidshot.com. Uh, great small business. I actually grew up with one of the owner's sons and have played with all the family members by now. Uh, just in local pickups here in Ohio. Very cool local business. Awesome product. I love it. I know quite a few NHLers have them in their homes. Uh, a lot of D1 programs have it at their rinks. So you have to check this out. Rapidshot.com. Check it out. Rapidshot, thank you so much for sponsoring our podcast. All right. On the Hockey IQ podcast today, we bring on Nick Bowens of the Hockey Collective. Did I pronounce your name right? You did. Nailed it. Good start. Finally got someone's name right. I like it. You made it easy, though. I feel like yours is easier than most. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thanks for having me. So uh, let's get right into it here. Um, you were once voted the most sportsmanlike player. So I'm assuming you're not throwing many checks here. So I'm curious to hear the story around like, how does one become the most sportsmanlike? Uh, and, and it's really saying something because you're already Canadian. Yeah, yeah. No, super polite Canadians, you know us. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, a pretty small guy, not too uh, not too skilled, not too physical, kind of just got to fit in there and, and play the role. Uh, you know, two-way defenseman, chip it off the glass and out, stay out of the box, keep it easy. Yes. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe it's just the American to me. We need a little, little bit of err in there. You know, give him, give him the old elbow behind the play. I don't know, but uh, no, it sounds like you're, you're a wonderful guy up there in Canada making igloos and playing with polar bears. So, uh, but apparently you've got a little bit of a hockey itch in you. So uh, tell us a little bit about the hockey collective. I don't know how, maybe because I'm a Twitter guy just found the hockey collective, but uh, super exciting stuff that you guys are, are sharing. Absolutely. I won't take it personal. But uh, yeah, so the Hockey Collective was founded in 2012 by Patrick. I'm stepping in here for him today. But uh, Pat's been killing it on Instagram in particular for the better part of a decade now. We've got uh, over 350,000 followers on Instagram. And uh, the goal is every day to try and grow the game that we love. Um, we're trying to be different than TSN, Sportsnet, all those other companies. We try to make it a little bit more fun, edgy, honest, kind of to the casual fan there. We like sharing the players that you don't see every day on TV. We like sharing the smaller clips, the breaking news, and really just trying to grow the game. Um, we've got a pretty devoted audience over time here, and uh, we've got people that comment on five, six, seven posts a night while they're sitting there watching the game. And that's what we're all about is kind of creating that audience that just loves the game for what it is. Um, I joined here about two years ago to help Pat, and uh, since then we've expanded to TikTok. We've got uh, 35, 40,000 followers on TikTok trying to make some fun content on there. And uh, We've got an apparel store coming pretty soon. So that's kind of what we're up to right now. And uh, it's been a pretty fun ride. So you're basically uh, the Shopify of the hockey world is, is what I'm hearing is coming next. 
that would uh, that'd be all right by us. But yeah, I mean, we've got uh, got a great fan base and and people who love our content and uh, really just trying to help bring them together here and and build more of a community over time. Yeah, and that's awesome. I'm all about growing the game and, and keeping our participation up because, uh, you know, we're the big four, but I feel like soccer's coming. And it's going to be the big five here and we might get surpassed. So curious about uh, what, what kind of strategies you guys are utilizing to really grow the game, giving more access uh, maybe to the more common fan or people who live up in Canada and don't have the NHL network. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big one that you just touched on there is, is up here in Canada, you got TSN, Sportsnet, whatever else. They they show kind of your local teams, your local demographic, and that's about it. Um, growing up, I didn't really see the American team highlights. It was all Leafs, 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 Oilers, Habs, jam down your throat every day. So, I mean, we're trying to showcase the things that you might not see on TV every night or every day, whether that's a a cool move that didn't result in a goal or a, or a big hit that led to a different play developing. I think uh, we like bringing those different elements to the casual fan and, and really trying to help grow the game and, and its viewership that way. Um, as we know, the game's growing and growing in the States, especially, and uh, trying to highlight some of these smaller markets. I mean, you look at what Florida and Tampa have done over the last decade, and it's awesome to see the game grow in that fashion. And uh, we hope to just uh, continue building on that. Yeah, I saw a stat, uh, I want to say it was a few days ago, where uh, Nevada, obviously, you know, where the Las Vegas Knights are out of, um, just absolutely amazing. They had almost 7x. So they've had, for every one player they had, they now have seven players. And they started, what, 2019, three seasons ago? So three, four years. I mean, if you said that we're going to have seven times the amount of players we have today, like, Holy smokes. I, I would even thought you're lying. And I thought Vegas was a great place to go into because they don't have uh, any other sports teams, but it's just unbelievable where the game is popping up these days. Um, absolutely fascinating. I'm curious from your perspective, you get to see all of these teams 24 seven, you're pulling clips, you're making it happen. Um, you know, where, where do you find joy in the games these days? I mean, watching that much hockey, I feel like that's gotta be rough. It's, it's, fun but also like oh man another day another highlight it is it is you summed it up well there and uh it, it's fun but it's a, it's a lot of work to try and find all the clips and everything at the best times right so I think for me I, I grew up a, a diehard Leafs fan and I still watch majority of their games in full but aside from that just trying to appreciate the players more than teams in, in a sense um kind of attached to the guys that you really like watching the skilled players the way that the game's evolving um whether it's guys like marner matthews jack hughes svechnikov kaprizov heiskanen makar all these young guys that are so fun trying to trying to enjoy them and appreciate what they're bringing to the game as much as i am watching a team um there was a point in my life where Hey, oh, this team's playing the one, two, two. They're doing this. They're doing that. is is interesting. But now watching so many games, I think trying to appreciate the little things is how I personally find joy in it, and uh, kind of go from there. Well, obviously, I watch quite a bit of hockey uh, as well. I'm curious, what are those little details that you just love picking out of a game? Um, I mean, for me, it could be a slip pass, someone throwing their hands to get on side and allow their team to get in the zone and let their body catch up to it. Like all these little details that usually go unnoticed, but for the astute eye, you're really picking up on. I'm curious uh, for you, what are those little details that you love so much? 
Yeah, I think like you said, there's so many, but um, something you wrote about the other day, folding under, that's one that I always like to watch for. Um, I like watching for the inversions on the power play when it's a D carrying it up and dropping it back. I think that's just such an interesting dynamic on a breakout. Um, one that I just love that's that's been simple, but Makar and Marner especially exploiting it lately, the kind of head and shoulder fake back up the wall and then continue skating with it those two guys in particular have just perfected it where you'll catch the penalty killer full cell turn to the blue line and they'll carry it up the wall and get a, a two on one or a three on two down low that creates offense. Cause those guys are so good. And I think a lot of those different things, um, but I mean, even as simple as watching the teams that are playing with the high F3 these days, um, it just changes the dynamic. Every couple of years, we see different things in the game like that. And it's it's so interesting to watch the way that the game's evolved and it's changed from dump it in, cycle it, nail a guy in the corner, all the different things that we've seen over the last kind of decade or so. Yeah, it's almost like baseball. The nerds are ruining the sport, right? <laughs> No, I'm, joking. I'm joking a little bit there, being a little facetious. But, uh, I mean, Eric Tolsky back in 2013, I remember he wrote that paper in the offseason, like every team across the NHL was dumping less. And it's it's amazing where the game's evolved. Uh, one of the areas I really like is, is watching how defense will actually surf. So they'll come all the way from one side, skate forward, all the way across the ice to angle off a player um, and just seeing how that operates. Sometimes their partners are a little – thick in the skull and don't realize that they need to slide at the backside, but I think those are just really cool details. Um, going, going back a little bit, I'm curious, what do you like so much about the folding under concept? I just think the teams that utilize it, it just makes it, it makes it so much uh, easier to, to follow the full breakout. When you see a team like Carolina, who I, I think does it the most probably with their guys, um, when you follow that route, it, it just kind of opens up different lanes. I mean, a, another one like that to, to add on the Makar point is just how much he activates on the weak side, leaving the zone, right? So when you see a guy or a team that that utilizes those aspects so often, it's it's simplistically beautiful that those guys are able to do it and exploit it so often, right? And uh, it just adds a, a, an element to the game. And I think looking for all those little things and um, whether it's, Hey, this D man's not good on his backhand. Let's do a soft dump here and, and chase that in. It's all those little things that the casual fan may not notice, but, but we pick up on and you enjoy and you appreciate. Um, I, I saw a quote from Kobe the other day about uh, how, when, when they were playing a team, if, if somebody had just signed a contract and somebody was up for a contract the next year, they double team the guy who was up for a contract next year so that he'd get mad at the guy who just got paid for never giving him the ball. And it would just cause a little rift between them at halftime. Right. And then they wouldn't get the ball. And it's just, it's those little things like on TV, you see Matthews dump it into this corner, but then you think about it and okay, that defenseman's turned it over three times this shift and he's not good on his backhand and there's no zone exit here. So thinking about all those things on a deeper level, I think it's just, to me at least, it's so entertaining, even though it probably sounds a little bit nerdy. That Kobe fact is absolutely new to me. I've never heard of that one before. So you double team the guy that is going to get paid, but not the guy who just got paid. So that way fascinating didn't even think of that but that that i could see that in basketball i'm not sure how that would work in hockey but that's unbelievable 
it's it's just so finite the details right when you think about it that way and and i know basketball is completely different in the way that they play isos and man on man and everything like that but you listen to a guy obviously like kobe rest in peace or, or jj reddick and it's almost like that's what we need in hockey is is a current player talking about the little nuanced defensive and offensive skills that they do that the casual fan doesn't see on tv or i think the manning brothers cool. yeah exactly something like that would just just all the little tips, tricks, the things that you don't notice because these guys are 6'2", 200 pounds skating around at 35 kilometers an hour. Um, all those little things that you don't pick up on, I think, are just so interesting. Fascinating. Yeah, I like that. Um, and you, you were talked about Makar. And yes, he's probably the best at it and he's got the wheels for it. But like just for modern day defense and team tactics. I think every fan can appreciate what you mentioned about being active on the weak side and getting up the ice. Uh, it's really where the game is gone. And uh, I know you're, you're not for the Habs being a Leafs guy and having it shoved down your throat too much, but uh, I mean, Marty St. Louis, like that's, I feel like the biggest change on the, t- on the Habs is now everyone feels involved. They're using five man units and that weak side defenseman is joining the rush or is coming in late. So now you're turning a three on two into a four on two or three on three. And you got someone who's doing delay tactics and finds that late guy. Um, and you're seeing guys like Petrie and Kulak that are coming alive when maybe you wouldn't see that beforehand when it was Ducharme. So uh, I, I love that you mentioned that. That's great. I absolutely, absolutely love that. Um, curious, maybe some of your favorite players around the league and maybe a, a tidbit or two that you really love about him. Like for me, I love Rasmus Dahlin, like huge fan of Rasmus Dahlin. So like, that's my guy tips. I love is just how he like manipulates space. Uh, he has his gaps, but he also plays on the saber. So everyone should give him a little slack, but like he's got great details and a lot of aggressiveness that is just super modern. Yeah, no, I think the I think there's so many today. Um, like we said before, the the skill and the, it's just evolved so much over the last couple of years, especially. Um, obviously, my my Leafs bias says Matthews and Marner are amazing. Um, just some of the things they do out there, like you just you can't comprehend some of the passes that Marner makes. The way that Matthews curls his shot in and and gets it off is just I've never seen it before, and it's. Uh, Fires me up every time, but staying away from the Leafs. I mean, Jack Hughes is another guy that's just so skilled, and and I think he's figuring it out year by year. He's getting better and better. I think the sky's the limit for a guy like Jack Hughes. Uh, Being a a defenseman myself, I love Heiskanen. I don't know what it is, but his skating ability, the way that he snaps a D-to-D breakout, like there's not too many guys that uh, can retrieve and, and break out as quickly and as cleanly as Heiskanen can. I think that's one thing there. Um, everybody's on the Zegras hype train lately, that's for sure. Um, and I mean, really Svechnikov in Carolina. I think Carolina is so fun to watch the way that Rob Brendamore has them set up. It's just Speaking of deactivating, like they do it perfectly and and they're just such a fun team to watch. I think that they're going to go on a nice little run this year, but Svechnikov, the way he'll, he'll just shoot from anywhere, but then he'll uh, hang on to the puck, hang on to the puck and find Tara Vine in her Aho back door. It's, uh, it's a work of art when he's out there. Thoughts on uh, Johnny Hockey? 
super underrated working his way into the uh, heart conversation almost this year with the way he's been playing. And I mean, I think it's really interesting. Obviously we've touched on a few coaches, like who would have predicted that uh, when Sutter stepped in there, little Johnny hockey would be a star with them. Right. I think the first couple games were rough. There was a couple quotes from Sutter, but you look at the way that he's played and it's been awesome. Calgary's been on a tear. He's uh He's so shifty. I think that's probably the best word you can use to, to describe Johnny is just shifty with the puck. And um, his head fakes, shoulder fakes are, are on another level. And uh, I mean, his vision out there, um, impeccable, really. I think the detail for Johnny, and no one will really pick this up, except, you know, everyone loves over the top punt pass for Toffoli scoring or throwing in a saucer pass into an area but like he's really really talented at being a good route runner or a route skater in in hockey here like he is willing to skate and do the route even if the puck's not going to go to him because he knows eventually it will or he's drawing back players that opens up space for his teammates and i think that's an underrated thing that we don't talk about enough is like we all talk about playmaking and he can pass the puck really well but how about the guys that are able to get open really well like johnny will just take off and go and assume that the puck's going to get to him like what does that do to the other team what does that do for your teammates like sometimes you're getting breakaways which he's really good with Uh, i mean there's a breakaway that he got in overtime the other night and he just basically took a chance like it might work might not but he was able to get behind the defense and score some goals. And I I think that uh, cheating would be the wrong word. I mean, it's very strategic when he goes and as you know, Suter or Sutter would uh, not allow true cheating in the game of hockey. He's, he's an old time coach. Absolutely. No. And I think that's a really good thing you brought up there with the routes. I think um, routes lead to space. And I think we started talking about space as casual fans a couple years before acknowledging the routes and, and how a guy gets there, right? Everybody talks about, oh, Matthews finds space for a shot. Besser finds space for a shot. Ovechkin finds space. Okay, but how do they get there? And I think that's what you're saying with Johnny there. It's, it's so impressive to watch. Okay, I'm going to fill the dot lane here for a second, but once I hit the blue line, boom, 45 left, and all of a sudden I've got some space here. Lindholm's going to find me for a pass, and um, like you said, it's not cheating. It's uh, predicting there, right? He's predicting that his line mates are going to find him. Um, They know that he skates that route in practice. He skates that route in the game, so when it push comes to shove, he's going to be open there, and they're going to find him. So one other player that uh, just joined, but I'm sure you've, you've seen him a few times now, Matt Boldy. I think he's got some fascinating elements into his game and how he uh, attacks space either in front of the D or behind the D. Like he never forces it. Like I feel like he has this either intuitive sense of it or has really picked up on the fact that like if a D's playing you hard, the space is probably behind him. If the D's playing you soft, the space is probably in front of him is able to manipulate that. And I know like his first few points in the NHL were him like literally coming across the line and then picking on that defense vertically and creating those mini two-on-ones. And I thought that was fantastic. I, I know you watched quite a bit because I, I think you're a Kaprizov fan. Yeah, absolutely. No, both of those guys are both of those guys are going to be great. So you watch much of Boldy? Have you checked out his game quite yet? 
Yeah, they uh, they played the Leafs there a couple weeks ago, so I saw that one. I've seen a few other games of Minnesota's lately, and uh, obviously a couple highlights of Boldy. What impresses me is just the the willingness to take a shot, um, the ability to get open there. He he always knows that he's going to get open and get a shot off. He's he's put up some big shot numbers in a couple games, whether it's four, five, six in a game, and I think that's just so impressive for a young guy to to trust their strengths and and know that when they get open, their teammates are going to find them. Um, another guy that really reminds me of Boldy in that sense is Tage Thompson in Buffalo. Um, he's just putting up a ton of shots lately and, and it's working for him. He's uh, scoring at a pretty torrent pace. And it's just interesting to see those. Those are both two big skinnier guys that are, are able to find space and, and get a hard shot off really frequently. I think it's uh, it's neat to see a different type of player there, right? Absolutely. Well, I'm loving that we're picking out these these players and details. So let me, uh, let's run down the league here. I'll, I'll give you a team. We won't do all 32, but I'll give you a team. You give me a player and a detail of that player that you really love and appreciate. So let's, let's start with the, uh, defending Stanley cup champions, Tampa Bay lightning, Tampa Bay lightning. I think I got to go with Braden point here. I think, again, talking about routes, the way that him and Kucherov are able to split open and find each other's seams is just amazing. I know we've posted a couple clips lately that uh, did fairly well, we'll say, of those two working together and especially at speed. Uh, um, There was one we posted the other day where... uh, he was back checking and, and he caught a guy from probably 35, 40 feet behind him and, and he curled to do so. And I think the speed and the routes that Braden Point plays with allow him to be such a smart and, and useful player. I think uh, obviously there's some stars in Tampa, but he stands out to me every time I watch them. He's doing something right. Yeah, they're, they're really good at playing between coverage. So when they get that puck, like, you see the two guys looking at each other like, which one of us is supposed to go get that guy? Yeah. <laughs> really tough. Um, New York Rangers. What do you got for New York Rangers? I mean, they've got a nice young team, and they were, they're were they top in the Metro for quite some time. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, Shesterkin's been amazing this year, but I don't even pretend to be an expert on goaltending, so I got nothing there. Um, Adam Fox, his gap control is amazing the way that he can defend off the rush and then somehow get the puck back and turn it into a chance for his team is crazy. Uh, He's going to be amazing for a long time to come. His edges, his skating all impress me kind of, kind of similar to Makar there. I'd say Makar's the better skater and, and uh, Fox might be the better defender there, but super close there. Um, And I think Panarin's always just a a wizard with the puck and the way that he can find guys at full speed is uh, it's amazing to see. That's a guy that does not like dumping it in. He likes finding teammates and waiting and holding, curling back to find somebody. Rangers are a fun team, man. They could, uh, if they add somebody this year, they could be, they could be a fun team in the playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, for me, Fox is head up play. I mean, like, I don't think he looks down mm-hmm. at all. Uh, it's quite ridiculous. He, even the superstars look down every once in a while, and he <laughs> never does. Uh, Panarin, I think he just, like, understands his – I call it gravity. Like, he just pulls people in, and then he'll move them where he wants them to go, like, out of the ice that he wants his teammates to actually be in. So, like, 
I feel like being Panarin's teammates, like the easiest thing ever. Okay. Wherever that guy that's covering him just came from, that's where you need to be. Like that's yeah, absolutely no, fascinating. Gravity is a really good way to put it there. And like you said, I think in basketball, I think they call it manipulation usually with bringing in the passer, manipulate them in, and, and then you're able to open it up there. Gravity is a good way to put it. And that's exactly what he does, right? He draws in, sucks in the, the F1 and the defender, and then somebody's back door. And it's gorgeous. All right. Uh, we'll do just two more in the East and then we'll go out West, but uh, blue jackets, you know, we're in Columbus. Got to hit them up. <sighs> Leafs and uh, Columbus playing tonight as we speak. That's a good one. Zach Wierenski, I think for me, talk about. Oh, I, did, I did a great piece on him on how he actually scores goals. Cause he led the NHL in scoring two years ago. He did. He did. Um, talking about active D. I mean, that guy's never not in the rush. Like, Anybody watching a Columbus game, watch how many times he is the first Columbus Blue Jacket across the blue line. It's it's amazing. Yeah, he will take charge. And I mean, I think uh, one thing to point out there is just the the willingness of coaches to have players doing that now. I don't think 10 years ago you were seeing a guy uh, on the skate the puck in every shift. But uh, with Wierenski there in Columbus, like the, the freedom and green light that they give him to, to carry the puck and, and be a one man breakout more times than not. It's, it's amazing. And uh, he's so good um, finding weak side openings for, for his partner. Um, it's, it's impressive. And uh, he, he deserved every bit of that large contract he got. He's uh, he's not even that fast. So that that's the part that amazes me. Like everyone's like, Oh, you gotta be fast. And you know, no, you don't. You just need to be active in finding your spots and keeping good gap control and always monitoring your positioning. Like his positioning, I feel like it's absolutely fantastic. Um, next, let's go to Detroit. I mean, you got a lot of options there to choose from. Uh, really bad goal differential, but when they lose, they lose big. And that that's okay for a young team as long as you're winning some other games. So the goal differential stinks, but they're actually pretty pretty close to, to getting a playoff berth if uh, – Everyone wasn't running away with it in the Metro. Yeah, crazy, uh, crazy division there doesn't help them. But, man, they're going to be a fun team in a few years uh, or for a few years. Um, I think Mo Siders, the first one that jumps out to me, the way that uh, he defends for his age, he loves to play the body, which is uh, a bit of a, a dying asset on, on the back end for fast, skilled defensemen. He's going to be... Yeah, he's Norris material for sure in a few years. I think uh, he does the reverse hit that many don't do. And I think it's fascinating to see a few players that do it. I don't know why it's with like the Swedes do it so well. I mean, Peter Forsberg did it a ton. Uh, Elias Pettersson does it a ton. And Mo Sider does a ton. He'll like get rid of the puck. And his first thing to do is like throw a, like a quick shoulder back the way, just in case someone's coming and just nail them, uh, you know, just by sheer odds, only a matter of time before player safety probably comes for him a little bit. But I mean, he's protected himself out there as a rookie. No, he he certainly is, and I think Forsberg's the perfect comparison there. He used to throw that weight around, just backing into guys, and it, it was awesome. It was uh, he was really one of the first to do it, I think that that I recall. And um, I mean, even Cronwall and Lidstrom there, another couple Swedes that that used to do it. They do it at a little bit higher speed and, and defending there, but. No, I think cider is amazing. And I think, uh, I mean, not, not a really hot take, but Raymond as well. Um, he's, he's been, uh, he's been awesome again with the manipulation, the gravity, as you said, pulling guys in, finding openings for teammates. He's got a great shot. 
Uh, I saw a comparison the other day that through 46, 48 games, whatever it is, him and Marner had the exact same stats through their first 40, 50 career games, which I think that's a great comparison for for moving forward. And I think uh, Red Wings fans should be pretty happy with those two guys. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Um, Anaheim, I, I'm going to pick this one for you, but uh, Troy Terry, holy smokes, he good. Super interesting. I mean, I don't think I, I really predicted this breakout. I don't know if you did or if you saw it coming before this year. A little little bit. Not yeah. not not uh, superstar land, but star land. I think uh, I think everything we've talked about applies to him. Just the IQ. I think the way he thinks and, and sees the game is what's impressed me the most. Uh, again, another another tall, skinny American guy that's not afraid to shoot it. Uh, that's a good thing too. Um, I think, I think he's going to be something special in Anaheim. I think the way that, uh, the way that he's not afraid to, to curl back, wait up, wait for a play to, to kind of form, uh, let his teammates get set up is, is something that really you don't see too often. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his one-on-one stuff, I think is absolutely fascinating. Like he hides a puck in another person's triangle, like the space between the toe caps and the stick really, really well. So like you see him get a puck and then they just like lets it glide as he's like sliding past someone. And this person's like trying to kick and trying to pull their stick back and they just look really, really dumb. And he's right on by, I think how he does that. And he just taps a puck into a space, lets it slide and grabs it on the other side. It's just absolutely fascinating. Uh, I love that you said that. I, I hadn't noticed that with him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to watch that for sure. But I think that's such an underutilized or under talked about thing, putting it in the tripod, right? Getting it between their stick and their feet. The guys that can do that well, it's just so impressive. And um, there was a quote, again, Leafs bias, but uh, a quote from Hyman a couple of years ago where somebody asked him why, why he doesn't hit too much on the forecheck or something. And he said, my goal is to get the puck in between their stick and their feet because then Matthews and Marner are so good with their sticks that they'll just come in and pick it up on the forecheck. He's like, that's that's my whole job, whether I'm hitting their hands, lifting their stick. I just have to get the puck between their feet and the stick, and we're going to get it. And I think that's so interesting and something that you didn't hear about five, ten years ago, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, Nick Bunting's like almost a mini Zach Hyman. They did a great job on getting him. Uh, he'd be my like underrated player on the Leafs. Not that you can't underrate a Leaf player, but, uh, (laughs) that would be the guy I would choose there. Um, Arizona, let's go with Arizona next. I mean, they're they're probably going to finish bottom of the league. Uh, cause Marty St. Louis, who we had on this podcast guest, uh, just killing it up in Montreal. I mean, they're neck and neck at 37 and 36, but I do think Arizona has some very, very interesting pieces. Uh, the depth is definitely not there, but they've got some interesting pieces. They do for sure. And I mean, they've got uh, a million and one drafts picks over the next five years or so. So uh, hopefully they hit on a few. Um, I mean, Schmaltz had a seven point night the other night. Uh, that was just a few days ago there. So that's an interesting one. Um, but I think Keller as well, talking about uh hands in tight tripod, uh, curling away from defenders. I think Keller's patience with the puck and his ability to find a lane out of nowhere. Um, and I mean, respectfully to, to the coyotes, he's not always out there with great players. Um, so his ability to find guys, um, it's impressive really. And, uh, he's having a, a pretty good year for, 
like you said, a bottom feeder team. Um, Keller is just, uh, he's kind of a, that next age, super skilled player for sure. Yeah. I, I call it um, like feeling his way through pressure. Like he'll go at a guy and then pull away or like, I mean, it's a little bit of gravity. Like he understands the other person's or the opponent's space that they feel like they need to guard. And as soon as you get it, it's like getting a bass. Like they can't help but bite. <laughs> like you just grab him and boom, and he pulls it. And for me, I think the fascinating thing is I, I want to know who his mental skills coach is or who he had growing up, or maybe it was just in him uh, or his parents helped build up the mental strength because uh, having the confidence as high as it is with winning as little as he does uh, is absolutely amazing. Like Mosier is a perfect example in the back end there. Like when he's playing confident, like he is a top end NHL defenseman already at age 21 undrafted until his last possible year um, gets picked in the second round and comes over and he was just killing it. And then you saw like just getting scored on. I mean, like the NHL is a hard, hard league and you can see how he's dropping. He's, you know, no longer hiding his stick. Like he, you know, uh, an elite NHL player, and most of them are elite to alien status nowadays. Like the skill level is unbelievable. Like they want you to put your stick out too far. Cause now they know exactly where your triangle is, or they know you're not poke checking them. Cause you haven't got, you don't have any more range. So like, I think Keller is, is a absolutely fascinating, fascinating player. Um, yeah. Just like Cole Caulfield is on, on Montreal bottom feeders, but man, are they just so, so good. So, so manipulative. And I, and I don't use that word in a bad way, right? That's they're able to, like you said, they're almost puppeteering the defense, pull your foot this way, pull your stick this way, get you to stretch out this way, the way that they can manipulate the space and the ice, the room that they have to work with there. Um, those little guys, man, they got it figured out. All right. Um, let's go one last team and then we'll, we'll, wrap this section up and we can go wherever you want after that. But um, really loved the, the work that Don Granado is doing in Buffalo. So I really want to head back there. I know we talked about Darlene, you talked about Tage. Um, are there any other players that really stick out to you? I think they've got some interesting depth guys, maybe not the elite names, or just maybe like some team play stuff could be in Buffalo or elsewhere that you think is super interesting around the league. Yeah. Buffalo's a interesting one. Um, to me, the, the one guy that I've caught lately, I think he's uh, battling some injuries right now, so hopefully he gets back soon. But Alex Tuck, I think that guy's just a winner. Like, you talk about the mental stuff there with Keller. I think that guy just – he just seems so driven. Every time he gets the puck, he wants to make something happen. Every time there's a, a 50-50 battle, he's in there getting body position. He's following up. He, The way that uh, he follows up on checks, the way that he's, uh, again, similar theme with the Sabres, but not afraid to shoot, throw it on net. I think uh, I think getting Tuck in the Eichel, Eichel deal was, was huge for the Sabres. I think that when they start to – figure it out and move a little north in the standings. That's a guy that the fans are absolutely going to gravitate towards. And um, I mean, he's a New York guy playing in Buffalo and I, I think he's just a, a great fit there for the Sabres. Something I think that's underrated about his game is his puck protection skills. Um, and a lot of times like he'll just protect it with one hand on his stick and like he'll throw a chuck with his elbow where you kind of get in on the other guy's arms and you're able to like push yourself off him a little bit. Um, absolutely fascinating stuff. I think it was against Boston one year and 
I was talking with a group of coaches because it got brought up, I think, in the offseason with him and a bunch of other NHL players. And we're talking about the clip that he showed with them and like all of these defensemen on this elite, elite camp were like talking about, like, I don't know how to defend this. Like, I don't think it's possible. Like, just unbelievable. And then you see how great of a person he is and you're like, He's got so much to it. And like you said, the drive to always look to make a play. We're not just getting rid of pucks. Um, yeah. You, you saw him in Vegas, right? Like he's a winner. Just a matter of surrounding yourself with uh, more and more talent. Buffalo's got probably the the best goalies. Like three, they got three guys that could be top half NHL goalies. So that's an exciting team. Finally. Finally, yes. Buffalo's got something in the uh, the pipeline there. So excited for them. Uh, yeah, I, I think they got some good people there finally. Uh, Sam Ventura is in the back office working his analytics. He was with uh, he's at Carnegie Mellon, Pittsburgh Penguins for a bit. Now he's there. Uh, now suddenly they're making great deals. <laughs> they got Don Granado, Donnie Meatballs behind the bench. Uh, and I'll always go to bat for that guy. Um, would have been a long-time NHL coach had it not been for the first bout with cancer. And, uh, yeah, finally got guys like Tuck and Krabs, and it's it's going to be a fun team. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to win some hearts with the, the, the Leafs and Sabres fans, clearly. Yeah, no, I think that sounds good. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, the Buffalo fans deserve it, man. You've, you've seen the Bills fans and stuff over the last couple of years. Like, these Sabres fans, they deserve a winning team. And uh, I think it'll be good for hockey to get uh, the Sabres back up there. I mean, when we were younger, the Ryan Miller days, and, and uh, you bring back those old black and red jerseys, Buffalo was uh, a fan favorite around the league. And I think they're on their way back there. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, two minutes. Anything you want to talk about? Let's do it. Otherwise, I've run out of good questions, but I really enjoyed this conversation. I thought this was really fun and, and the listeners are really going to appreciate it. No, absolutely. I appreciate you having uh, myself on here. Like I said, uh, check out Hockey Collective if you guys haven't yet. Um, pretty big presence on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok as well. Uh, really trying to grow the game and, and share it with the fans. Uh, we've got a lot of the old school content with some of the physicality, the fights. Lucic and McDermott had a good one the other night. We try to break down some skills clips as well with all the youth movement we see around the league these days. So many fun players, so many fun teams right now. You look at the top five teams around the league and there's just so much skill. I think uh, we just got to kick back and enjoy it and uh like I said, check us out and appreciate you having me on. Awesome. See you around. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. That concludes this week's episode. Thanks for joining us here at Hockey IQ. If you haven't already, take a quick moment to hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and drop a review. If you want to be a great teammate, even recommend us to a friend. You can follow us at Hockey's Arsenal on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the website, Hockey'sArsenal.com, where you can subscribe to the weekly newsletter. You won't regret it. Catch a Buttes here next week for a brand new episode.